Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello and welcome back to part two of this episode, which is all about the UK general election, which is taking place in a couple of days on Thursday, the 7th of May 2015. In this part, we will hear statements by seven leaders from seven of the main parties in this election. We'll consider exactly what they said, understand some of the vocabulary and key issues, and then look at the possible outcomes and predictions for the result of the election. Most of what you can hear in this episode is written on teacherluke.co.uk. Just find the page for this episode. This is episode number 269, and now let's continue with this whole general election-themed episode of Luke's English Podcast. Okay, now let's move on to look specifically at the party leaders and some of their statements from a live television debate. So I've told you the context of this. Now let's listen to what some of these leaders actually have to say. On TV... Uh, recently, in the run-up to the election, there have been a few live debates between the leaders of some of the main parties. And these debates have been fascinating. It's just amazing to watch these leaders attempting to persuade the public, dealing with questions, uh, arguing with each other, and so on. It's, it's, I find it fascinating to see the way that they use language, the way that they present their arguments, the way that they use rhetoric, the way that they try to use body language and certain positive language to present themselves in the most convincing uh, way. I think it's in, very interesting. What I'm going to do now is play you the opening statements of seven party leaders uh, from one of those televised uh, debates that was on TV recently. Um, so what I'd like you to do is listen to the statements of these leaders and just try to follow what they say, okay? Just try and understand and follow what they say. I'll give you some comments afterwards to clarify what, what you heard and you can see some transcriptions of these statements on the page for this episode. So don't forget to visit teacherluke.co.uk to find out that stuff, okay? So um, these, uh, what are the names of the leaders that you're going to hear? Well, you're going to hear from, from these people in this order. First, you'll hear Natalie Bennett from the Green Party. Then Nick Clegg from the Liberal Democrats, Nigel Farage from UKIP, Ed Miliband from Labour, Leanne Wood from Plaid Cymru. Uh, Plaid Cymru, by the way, those are Welsh words. That's the Welsh language. And it basically means the party for Wales. Plaid Cymru, um, the Welsh party. Uh, SNP, Scottish National Party. You're going to hear from Nicola Sturgeon. And then, of course, you're going to hear from David Cameron, the current incumbent prime minister who represents the Conservatives. Okay, You'll probably notice a couple of different accents in there. Um, in particular, Nicola Sturgeon, who comes from Western Scotland, and Leanne Wood, who comes from the Rhonda uh, in South Wales. Also, watch out for Natalie Bennett's accent. She's originally from Australia, living in the UK uh, since 1999. So you will hear, uh, you know, Scottish accent, a Welsh accent, an Australian accent. Uh, the others speak with standard UK RP accents, that's standard received pronunciation accents. Although I think that David Cameron's accent is slightly more posh. He sounds slightly more upper class than the others. Um, so we're going to listen to them in just a second. Don't forget, I will clarify uh, what those people say afterwards, briefly. And you can also read a lot of what I'm saying and what you're going to hear uh, on teacherluke.co.uk. So let's listen to all of those statements. I'm just going to play them all. I'm not going to pause between the statements. I'll play them all, and then I'll come back to each one one by one and give you a bit more detail on what they said. Okay, here we go. And after the introduction, we start with uh, Leanne Wood 
from the Green Party. Salford, Greater Manchester. A city proud of its heritage. And tonight, the setting for a remarkable political debate. In the closest general election in decades, seven party leaders go face-to-face live in the ITV Leaders' Debate. I'm Julie Etchingham. Here in the studio tonight are seven party leaders with different visions for the future of our country. Over the next two hours, they'll debate head-to-head in front of our studio audience here tonight. And tonight will be about some of the biggest issues facing Britain, questions at the heart of this election. The main parties in England, Scotland and Wales are all represented here this evening. The leaders are Natalie Bennett of the Green Party, Nick Clegg, Liberal Democrats, Nigel Farage of the UK Independence Party, Ed Miliband, Labour, Leanne Wood of Plaid Cymru, the Party of Wales, Nicola Sturgeon of the Scottish National Party, and David Cameron for the Conservatives. Well, our questions are going to focus on some of the big political issues that we all care about and that affect everyday life. You can get instant analysis of the debate online by going to our website. And if you want to comment, the Twitter hashtag is Leaders Debate. The leaders' positions in the studio and the order in which they make their opening and closing statements, as well as answer questions, has been decided by drawing lots. First, Natalie Bennett, your opening statement. You were told that austerity and inequality, bankers' bonuses and tuition fees, were inevitable. They were not. You all deserve better. Let's put principles and values first. That's why I got into politics. The Green Party is determined to deliver a fair economy that does not make the poor and disadvantaged pay for the errors and fraud of the bankers. We're committed to returning the NHS to its founding principles. No public money going into private profits. We know we must take real action on climate change, the biggest threat facing us all. Other parties trade in fear, fear of immigrants demonising people on benefits. But to build a decent, humane society, we start with hope. Vote for change, vote green. Natalie Bennett, thank you. And now we go to Nigel Farage. There are six other party leaders on this platform tonight. They may all look different, but actually on some of the big issues that affect this country, they're very much the same. All six of them support Britain's membership of the European Union and most of our laws being made somewhere else. And as a consequence of that, all of them support open-door immigration. Is it any wonder that trust in politics has broken down to the extent that it has? Well, I represent UKIP, and we believe in Britain, and we believe this country should be a self-governing nation. We believe we're good enough to do that. And we also believe that open-door immigration has depressed the wages for ordinary people, made buying houses for youngsters very difficult, made it tough to get a GP appointment, and not been good for this country. We have a positive alternative. Let's have a trade deal with Europe. Let's cooperate with them as friends, but make our own laws. And let's take back control of our borders and put in place an Australian-style point system so we can choose the quantity and quality of who comes to Britain. By doing that, we'll give ordinary working people an even break. Nick Clegg. I think it's pretty obvious that no one standing here is going to win this election outright. So you're going to have to choose, like you did last time, who's going to have to work with whom. Now, look, I'm not going to pretend that everything's perfect, though the country is in a lot better shape now than it was five years ago. I'm not even going to pretend that I haven't made mistakes. I have. I put my hands up when I have, and I've learned from them. But what you will get from me and from the Liberal Democrats is this the grit and the resilience to finish the job of balancing the books and doing so fairly. 
I will always act responsibly. I'll never let anyone else uh, borrow money that we don't have and jeopardise your risks, your jobs and our economy. And above all, I will always act fairly. I won't let anyone else impose ideological cuts on your hospitals and your schools. And I will always serve the whole of our country, not just parts of our country, the whole of our wonderful United Kingdom. Nicola Sturgeon. This election is a chance to change the Westminster system so that it serves you better. The SNP will always stand up for Scotland's best interests. We will make Scotland's voice heard. But I know that it's not just people in Scotland who feel let down by Westminster politics. That's why my message to people watching in England, Wales and Northern Ireland is one of friendship. I won't pretend I don't want Scotland to be independent. I do. But as long as Scotland remains part of the Westminster system, the SNP will seek to work with others of like mind across the UK to deliver positive change. Like many of you, we want an alternative to the pain of austerity, an end to the bedroom tax, a halt to the privatisation of the NHS. And we believe the scarce resources of our country should be invested in the future of our children, not in new nuclear weapons. A vote for the SNP is a vote to make Scotland's voice heard. But ours will also be a voice for new, better and progressive politics at Westminster for all of us. David Cameron. Five years ago, this country was on the brink. We had millions of people unemployed and we had one of the biggest budget deficits anywhere in the world. For the last five years, we've been working with the British people through a long-term economic plan. And that plan is working. There are almost two million more people in work. It's a balanced plan, so we've invested in our NHS as well as reducing the deficit. And we've cut taxes for 30 million working people. And the plan's working because last year we had the fastest growing economy of any of the major Western countries. Now tonight you're going to hear a lot of people claiming a lot of things. But please remember these are the same people who claimed that if we followed our plan, unemployment would go up, that the deficit wouldn't come down, the economy wouldn't grow, that public services would be destroyed. They were wrong then and they're wrong now. The choice at this election is sticking with a plan that's working or going back to the debt, taxes, borrowing and spending that got us in this mess in the first place. I say, let's not go back to square one. Britain can do so much better than that. Leanne Wood. I'm speaking to everyone back home in Wales tonight. I'm from the Rhondda, and I understand all too well the difficulties that have been faced by our communities in recent years. You tell me that jobs and services have been cut to the bone and that they can be cut no more. Plaid Cymru offers an alternative. We offer hope for a decent future for our young people, for thriving, successful communities. <coughs> In a hung parliament, <coughs> Plaid Cymru can win for Wales, but we can only do that with your support. I'm asking you to support Plaid Cymru, the party of Wales, to make our communities in Wales as strong as they can be. Please support Plaid Cymru to make Plaid Cymru Wales' voice in Westminster. Ed Miliband. Here's what I believe. Britain succeeds when working people succeed. But that's not the way it's been over the last five years. For five years, wages haven't kept up with bills. For five years, the NHS has been going backwards. For five years, our young people have been fearing they'll have a worse life than their parents. It doesn't have to be this way. If I'm Prime Minister, I'll raise the minimum wage to £8 an hour and ban exploitative zero-hours contracts so we reward hard work again in our country. If I'm Prime Minister, I'll rescue our NHS, hiring more doctors and nurses. If I'm Prime Minister, I'll build a future for all of our young people Saying to our young people, if you get the grades, you get an apprenticeship, and cutting the tuition fee from £9,000 to £6,000, and we'll cut the deficit every year and balance the books. Some people will tell you tonight, this is as good as it gets for Britain. I say Britain can do so much better than it's done over the last five years. Party leaders, thank you very much indeed for your opening statements tonight. So there you heard the leaders Seven leaders from seven parties. I wonder if you managed to follow everything that they were saying there. Um, just a side note, we're now on about...
one hour and 20 minutes into this episode. I told you it'd be a long one, but I also said to you that it's going to take as long as it takes to deal with this subject properly. Um, So let me just go through some of the things that you heard those leaders say. Um, We started with... uh, um, we started with the Green Party, um, Natalie Bennett. Green Party are, are a fairly small party, um, but they might get one or two seats. Um, and really, they're, they're, they're fairly left-wing. They're, well, they're left-wing. They're a left-wing party. They started out focusing on the environment, but these days they're more about balancing the um, what they consider to be the sort of unethical policies of uh, the right and the financial sector. So the Green Party are all about putting principles and values first. They're determined to deliver a fair economy. Uh, They want to make sure that the poor and the disadvantaged don't pay for the fraud of the bankers. Fraud, of course, is a a kind of crime, financial crime, usually when you, uh, you know, make uh, false statements um, in in, uh, financial records, that, invo- that then leads to you keeping money. So f- tax fraud, for example. Uh, they want to return the NHS back to its founding principles. The NHS, that's the National Health Service, and that's one of the most important um, issues in this election. Uh, the NHS represents one of the last aspects of the welfare state in the UK. So after World War II, the Labour Party set up a big welfare state. That's a state-owned series of institutions that included um, uh, a health service, for example. And the health service is, I think, a vitally important part of life in the UK. And um, it's it's a battleground between the left and the right. The right Uh, For example, Margaret Thatcher during the 80s, she privatised lots of national or state-owned institutions like the railways, the telephones, some of the industries and so on. So um, that's kind of typical of conservative policy, modern conservative policy. They they like to privatise these institutions. And the the conservatives have got their target on the NHS and they are slowly but surely privatising aspects of the NHS. Um, and uh, the Green Party, being a left-wing party, desperately want to protect the NHS and bring it back to the position it was in uh, originally. Um, so uh, they don't want public money going into private profits. Uh, they want to take action on climate change um, probably by limiting the carbon emissions of the whole country, uh, making sure that we f- switch to more green forms of energy. Uh, they don't. They think that we shouldn't demonise immigrants and people on benefits to demonise someone. If you demonise immigrants, it means that you're suggesting that the immigrants are the evil problem. They're, uh, they're like the evil source of all of the problems. To demonise someone means to make someone a demon. It's like to scapegoat someone. Okay, uh, they think that we shouldn't demonise immigrants and we shouldn't demonise people on benefits. Uh, and the Green Party are all about building a decent and humane society. Um, and they think that we should start with hope. Okay, lovely, lovely stuff. Really, uh, the problem is where's the money going to come from? To I mean, uh, being a left wing party, they're going to basically advocate lots of um, positive uh, spending on social areas. But where will the money come from, I wonder? Um, That's the Green Party. Then we heard from UKIP, which was a rather radical uh, change from Green to to UKIP. Quite a big contrast. Um, Nigel Farage spoke fairly quickly in comparison to... um, uh, Natalie Bennett with her with her clear English, which is inflected with aspects of an Australian accent, you may have heard. Nigel Farage for UKIP, um, he's, he began by saying the other leaders are all the same on the big issues. They all support membership of the EU and they all support open door immigration. So as we know, these are the two key things that the UKIP care about. Uh, and he said, um, it's little wonder that trust in politics has broken down to the extent that it has. But really, Nigel Farage, is this why trust in politics has broken down? Um, I don't think so, Nigel Farage. I think that you're using the sense of um, apathy that people have about politics to push your own agenda. I don't think people are apathetic to uh, to politics because they don't deal with immigration. People are apathetic about politics because... um, 
because the, the hmm, it's not just about immigration. It's much more complicated than that. It's a sense that I think it's part of the the, the sense that the right and the left have both uh, sort of failed to deli- to deal with um, with social problems, and that we you know we, we get we bounce back and forth between these social problems. It's it's really the fact that the left have been knocked out of politics and that the right has set the agenda since Margaret Thatcher. And we've seen the left sort of trying to act like uh, some politicians on the right. For example, Tony Blair pulling the pulling the Labour Party, pulling the socialist or left-wing movement to the right, and then um, betraying it by going to war. And, and that, that was very disappointing for people because it sort of like meant that Tony Blair was just acting like any other... Uh, politician and that even though he looked like such a force for good and such a breath of fresh air and someone who could make a difference and could work you know could combine the private and public sectors effectively um, in the end it turned out to be a big lie so I think it's that it's it's that sort of thing that's causes voter apathy it's not that people it's not because politicians fail to deal with immigration it's not as simple as that um, so UKIP believes Britain should be a self-governing nation. Uh, open door Im- open door immigration has depressed wages for ordinary people. So apparently wages, you know what wages are? That's the money you get every month f- from your job. So apparently immigration means that wages are lower uh, for ordinary people. Um, this has made buying houses difficult, apparently because, immig- why? Because immigrants are buying all the houses uh, are these the same immigrants that are stealing like low-level jobs from working people? How come they're buying all the houses if they are sort of uh, doing the low-level jobs? Where are they getting their money from, Nigel? Uh, apparently, immigrants have made it tough to get a GP appointment. Um, so it's it's immigrants. It's not the fact that there aren't enough doctors. It's, it's the fact that there are too many immigrants. Okay. And um, generally, immigration has been bad for the country, he says. Um, the alternative, in his opinion, is to have a trade deal with the European Union. So, um, a trade deal. So, they get out of Europe and then, well, really, do you think that the European Union is going to want to form a trade deal with, with the UK after we've pulled ourselves out of the previous agreement? I don't think it's going to be as simple as that. Uh, to cooperate with them as friends. Well, are they going to be friendly to us if we kind of uh, back out of this uh, common deal that we're all involved in? Uh, so anyway, they also think we should make our own laws. Let's take back control of our borders and put in place an Australian-style points system. I suppose this is a, an Australian system that is used to control immigration so that we can choose the quality and quantity of who comes to Britain. Mm. All right. Maybe choosing the maybe there's a point there, but um, it all sounds a little bit too close to being prejudiced and fear mongering. I'm sure that some of the things he says have got some common sense value to them. I'm sure that he, he I'm sure that there is some genuine common sense value in there. And that it, he he appears to be more straightforward and honest than other politicians because he's clear about his opinions. But at the same time, I think that it's a bit too simple and it's a bit a bit dangerous to just point the finger at immigrants and Europe. It's not as simple as that. Um, okay, so a bit of comment. UKIP would probably join the Conservatives in order to block a Labour-SNP coalition, but they would do it in return for a guaranteed referendum on Europe, as we've seen already. Liberal Democrats, Nick Clegg, he said, no one is going to win this election outright. To win something outright means to win it completely, to win it totally. Okay? No one's going to win this election outright, so you're going to choose who's going to have to work with who. Basically, he's saying, you're going to need to choose... um, it's it's a question about uh, choosing a, a coalition. So he's clearly presenting himself as an option for coalition government. Uh, nothing is perfect, although the country's in better shape now than it was five years ago. If something's in good shape, it means it's in good it's in good condition. So the country is in better shape now than it was five years ago. It's in better condition than it was. So, you know, he's he's kind of saying that the liberal conservative plan has been working. He says, I admit I've made mistakes and I've learned from them. 
So there he is again, apologizing for his mistakes, but trying to make it positive, saying that he's learned from his mistakes. Um, with the Liberal Democrats, you'll get the grit and resilience to finish the job of balancing the books. Grit and resilience. That's basically a sort of a moral strength, um, a determination and strength and stamina. Um, so we'll get the grit and resilience to finish the job of balancing the books. So it's that argument of like, you know, vote for us again so that we can finish the job. OK, um, he says, I'll always act responsibly and fairly. I'll make sh I'll make sure nobody imposes ideological cuts on hospitals and schools. So there he's pointing to the conservatives and he's saying, I will make sure the conservatives don't impose these tough austerity measures that they want to impose uh, specifically on hospitals and schools. So he's saying he'll protect the NHS and he'll protect education. But, Nick Clegg, we've heard you say these things before. We've heard you make promises before and you didn't keep them. So the public, I'm probably not going to trust Ed, Ed, uh, Nick Clegg that much this time. He says, I'll always serve the whole, not part of the country. All right. So there he's saying that, unlike maybe the Scottish National Party, he will serve the whole of the UK, not just one region of it. And maybe... Uh, unlike the conservatives who will all who will protect the rich he's saying i will serve everyone not just the rich okay um and uh he's suggesting that he's a better option to the snp essentially he's showing that he'd be a necessary balancing force in coal coalition with either the tories or the or the labor party uh we know that Labour refuses to join with the Liberal Democrats if Nick Clegg is the leader. So what might happen is that Lib Dems refuse to coalesce... Sorry, what might happen is that the... Um, I'm going to tell you what might happen in a minute. I'm not going to talk about predictions now. Uh, let's just move swiftly on to the SNP. Um, it's, uh, so you heard Nicola Sturgeon with her Scottish accent. She said, it's a chance to change the Westminster system so it serves you better. The SNP will always stand up for Scotland's best interests. Essentially, what the SNP are talking about is they're going to um, protect the interests of Scotland, but they also have a wider uh, plan, which is to uh, try and fight back against uh, the Conservatives' plans, which have been to cut public spending. So the Scottish National Party put Scotland first, but also they would introduce generally left-wing politics into the UK as a whole. So um, I think that, you know, the SNP would like to be in coalition with the Labour Party. Um, Conservatives. Basically, their, their message has been, uh, five years ago, the country was a mess because the Labour Party uh, caused it to be in a mess. Uh, and we've been focusing on this tough, long-term economic plan and it's working. Uh, so vote us, vote for us again so that we can finish the job. And don't vote for Labour, because if you do, then we'll just be back to the terrible position we were in five years ago. We'll be back to square one. Square one means back to the start again. So vote for the Conservatives because we'll finish the job. And, and uh, don't vote for Labour because they'll just screw up the economy again. Then we heard from Plaid Cymru... Um, the leader of Pride Cymru, uh, Leanne Wood. Uh, she's similar story to the Scottish National Party, just with less influence. She's speaking specifically to voters in Wales. Uh, she's, you know, representing Welsh communities. She um, is, you know, apparently Welsh people have been telling her that jobs and services have been cut to the bone. If something is cut to the bone, it means it's cut very deeply. Okay. And she says this can't continue. So, you know, what they're all about is um, offering themselves up to the Labour Party. Uh, they're offering their services in, in coalition government with Labour, um, uh, but they would do it in return for certain laws that would help Welsh communities. And they're pretty left-wing. They're all about stopping austerity measures and investing money in uh, the communities in Wales. Okay, that's what they're all about. Um, and Labour... Uh, finally, you heard Ed Miliband uh, saying that the UK succeeds when working people succeed. Um, 
and he starts he he starts by criticizing the last five years. Wages haven't kept up with bills. Well, you know what wages are. That's basically income from your job. They haven't kept up with bills. So bills have been going up, but wages haven't been going up at the same speed. The NHS has been going backwards, meaning the National Health Service has been uh, not making progress. Young people have been fearing that they'll have a worse life than their parents. So young people are scared that the future is going to be, uh, you know, the quality of life in the future will be worse. And this is this he thinks is because of the conservative uh, plan to just you know cut back on all this public spending. He says, if I'm PM, if I'm PM, I will raise the minimum wage to eight pounds an hour. At the moment, the minimum wage is six pounds fifty per hour, which is about eight point eight euros. So he'll raise the minimum wage to eight pounds an hour, which means that you know employers will will be obliged to pay their staff a minimum of eight pounds per hour. Uh, a big, big hand there to to the poor or people working in very you know low level jobs. Uh, he will ban zero hours contracts. A zero hours contract is basically a contract which has no limit to the number of hours that you can work. So, according to the Labour Party, this is a chance for some uh, employers to exploit their workers by forcing them to work forty, fifty, sixty hours a week. Okay. So that's so Ed Miliband is saying he will ban zero hours contracts and he'll probably impose like a 40 hour limit or something like that. Um, reward hard work again. Um, rescue the NHS. Hire more doctors and nurses. Build a future for all our young people. Cut the tuition fee from 9,000 to 6,000 pounds. So there's a big, bold statement. Uh, that he's going to, you know, cut tuition fees by 30%, cut the deficit every year and balance the books. So he's promising to cut the deficit every year and to balance the books. Quite a big promise to make. Uh, to balance the books, I've said before, just means to bring the uh, financial record, you know, the, the profit and loss of the country to, to, to a level position. Okay. You know what I mean? Balance the books, make sure that the finances are evenly distributed between what you have and what you don't have. Um, Cut the deficit every year and balance the books. He says some people are going to tell you that this is as good as it gets. He's talking about the Conservatives. He said, but I think the UK can do so much better. All right. Uh, If you want to hear the rest of the debate, then you can. Just um, go to my webpage and you'll find embedded there uh, a YouTube video which is the full debate, and you see the leaders arguing with each other and responding to questions from uh, the audience. Right then, so what's going to happen? What's actually going to happen in this election? What are my predictions? Um, Now, let's listen to another video. We're going to hear the audio from a YouTube video which was produced by the Telegraph newspaper. It's a good summary of some of the possible outcomes of the election. It's a bit quick, though. Um, and yes, you can find a transcript of this video on my website. Just find the page for this episode in the archive uh, and you'll be able to see the video and, and read the transcript. Um, okay, so let's have a listen to this video produced by the Telegraph newspaper, which focuses on some of the possible outcomes of this election. And remember, it's not going to be simple. It's not just a question of Labour or Conservatives winning. No, it's going to be... Uh, There are many different possible coalition governments or different kinds of arrangement. Let's hear what some of those options are. Um, And uh, here we go. I'm going to play the video to you right now. It sounds like this. 326. It's the number of seats the Tories or Labour need to win in the general election for an outright majority, something neither party managed last time around. In 2010, the Conservatives won just over a third of the popular vote and were forced into a coalition with the Lib Dems. To secure an outright majority this time around, the Conservatives would need to gain 24 seats. To do this, they'd need to be seven points ahead in the polls. An outright win is an easy grasp, they claim. Labour need to gain 70 seats to take power. Only once have they gained this many seats since the Second World War. Tony Blair's landslide in 1997. In fact, support for the two major parties has declined significantly since the war. But why? And what does that mean in Westminster? The SNP, buoyed by the honourable defeat of the referendum, could more than double its share of the Scottish vote to 43%. 
UKIP could add to their tally of two, perhaps as many as half a dozen or more. And the Greens think that they could go from one to three. They're gunning for Bristol West and Norwich South. If either major party falls short, what next? In a hung parliament, the incumbent Prime Minister gets the first chance of forming a government. If he cannot, he will have to resign, and the opposition can attempt to form a coalition. One potential scenario is more of the same. Tory backbenchers wouldn't like it. The public may be wary of it. But if the Liberal Democrats can hold enough seats, renewing the coalition may be the obvious choice for David Cameron to stay in power. Alternatively, a grand left-wing coalition could see Labour govern with the Liberal Democrats. Voters torn between the two parties may be delighted, but senior Lib Dems are bitter about the attacks they have taken from Labour and insist they won't allow Nick Clegg to be forced out as part of any deal. Neither party may wish to settle with the Liberal Democrats, or they may be too small. There then begins a scramble to assemble a rainbow coalition. It's likely to be an arrangement known as confidence and supply. The government will sit without a majority, but will be propped up on key bills and protected in confidence votes in exchange for specific policies. The SNP have said that they will prop up Labour, but not the Tories, in exchange for more powers for Scotland, not renewing Trident and easing austerity. And Nigel Farage has said that UKIP will do a deal with the devil to get an early referendum on membership of the EU. And look at the Ulster Unionists. Conservative, patriotic, David Cameron may ask them to help keep him in power. If the minor parties are sufficiently large, then the Nationalists or the Lib Dems will be the kingmaker. With so many potential scenarios, it might not be you who decides if Cameron or Miliband is PM, but Nicola Sturgeon and Nick Clegg. Okay, so did you follow that? You got that? Okay, that was a bit quick, so let me just sort of run through the key points uh, that you heard there. Uh, by the way, everyone, I think we're up to about 1 hour 40. I told you it would be a long episode, and if you are still listening, there's probably like a, uh, just a few of you left out there. If you are still listening, then well done. You are one of those extra cool, super special, hardcore listeners. So just give yourself uh, a good, friendly... F- pat on the back there just give yourself a pat on the back for for being a good listener and listening all the way through here let me just uh, explain uh, or sum up some of the possibilities that you heard in that audio and also i'd like to sort of tell you about some of the bookkeepers odds uh, for this election bookkeepers what are they well basically in the uk it's it's quite common to find gambling shops places where you can place a bet in order to try and win money on something. Now, I don't think that gambling is necessarily a great thing, okay? Um, I'm not, you know, advocating gambling and all that kind of thing. I know that, in fact, in some countries it's illegal. It's not illegal in the UK. I think that a little bit of gambling is okay. I mean, for example, I would gamble once or twice a year. That's it. For example, I might bet on the national, um, the Grand National, which is a big popular horse race that happens once a year. So I usually place about £10 on one of the horses at the Grand National and I hardly ever win, but it helps me to enjoy the uh, the race a little bit more. The other thing I would consider putting money on is an election result. And uh, you can actually get odds. These are, what are odds? Well, basically, an odd, odds are the, uh, um, the, 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 possibilities of something happening. If something is unlikely, you get very big odds. If something's uh, very likely, the odds are very small. And the odds represent how much money you would win if you put a bet on it. So um, typically you get things like four to one. Four to one means that for every one pound that you put, uh, every one pound that you bet, you get four back. That's odds of four to one. And four to one actually... uh, is 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 the, the odds suggest that that's that's quite likely to happen it's a 25% chance of happening um that's 4 to 1 so the odds are created by bookmakers these are betting companies and usually they're quite a good indication of what 
might happen. It's quite a good indication of what people expect to happen because the bookmakers put a lot of time and effort into making sure the odds are as accurate as possible because they don't want to lose money, you see. So I'm going to give you some of the bookmakers' odds uh, for the results of this uh, election, okay? Um, And if you want, you can just sort of like mentally, you don't actually have to make a bet. You could just mentally place a bet and then when the results come in, you can see how much money you would have won. So let's start with option number one that you heard in that video. And that was a Tory majority, conservative majority. Uh, I don't think they can get enough seats to form a majority. They'll probably get more than Labour, but a majority is unlikely in my opinion. It's just too much of a stretch. Okay, They're not going to get 326 seats, I think. But still, the, the bookies, that's the bookmakers, they give odds of 11 to 2 for a Tory majority. 11 to 2. That's 5.5 to 1 which means that if you bet £1, you'll win £5.50 and get your your £1 back. So if you bet, let's say, if you bet £10 and uh, that's what happens, the Tories get a majority, you'll get £55 plus your original 10. So you'll end up with £65. Okay, so that's uh, that's the Tory majority. A Labour majority. Now, they need 70 seats to get to 326 And frankly, they just don't have enough support for that, especially since they're losing so many seats to the SNP in Scotland. So the odds, the bookmakers' odds here are are really bad. The odds are 40 to 1, which is really unlikely. So that means if you put, if you you bet £10 um, on on Labour getting a majority and it happens, you'll get £400. So it's very unlikely to happen. Um, Now, the next one is a conservative Liberal Democrat coalition. Now, I think it's possible. If the Lib Dems get enough seats, then it could happen. But it wouldn't be that popular with some conservatives like the backbenchers. These are the old established members of the the party. It wouldn't be popular with them because they don't want to be held back by the influence of the Liberal Democrats again for another five years. They're fed up with having to make concessions to the Liberal Democrats. So that wouldn't make them happy. And also the public might not be happy with another five years of the same uh, same liberal conservative coalition. So they, they might not be happy with it. But it's quite possible. It's one of the more possible uh, outcomes. In fact, maybe the most likely outcome, this one. And the bookmakers' odds are 7 to 2, which is equivalent to 3.5 to 1. That means if you bet if you bet £10, you get £35 back. Um, quite likely. It's quite likely to happen. That's why, you know, you're not going to make much money if you bet on it. Okay, um... The Labour-Liberal Coalition, uh, Labour Party with the Liberal Democrats. Now, if the Conservatives can't join the Liberal Democrats, maybe because the Tories don't get enough seats or because they can't make an agreement for some reason, then this could be a possibility. However, Labour have a ch- uh, ha- Labour over the last five years have attacked and criticised Nick Clegg lots of times. And they've said, the Labour Party have stated that the only way that they would join the Liberal Democrats is if they got rid of Nick Clegg and installed a new leader. So the Labour Party have ruled out a coalition with the Liberal Democrats um, unless they change their leader. And the Liberal Democrats have stated that this is a red line policy. This is something that they refuse to negotiate. Uh, They've said that they refuse to let any other party choose their leader. So the Liberal Democrats wouldn't let Labour change their leader and Labour wouldn't go into coalition without the option to change their the leader of the Liberal Democrats. So the negotiations would be seriously tough. But the odds suggest that this is possible. This is one of the more possible outcomes. And the odds are 10 to 1. So if you put £10, you get £100 back. Um, so anyway, in terms of possibilities, it's, it's, it's fairly likely that um, we'll see a Labour-Liberal coalition. Uh, not as likely as a conservative liberal one, but f- uh, and, and also not as likely as a Tory majority, but still fairly likely. Um, okay, so the fifth option is a minority government, which is either a Labour or, or Conservative, either the Labour or Conservative Party running what's called a rainbow coalition. What the hell is a rainbow coalition? It sounds lovely. That's what you might be thinking. Oh, I like that. A rainbow. Oh, yeah, we like rainbows. 
Well, not necessarily in the government. We like to see them on a rainy day, but we don't necessarily want to have one of them running a country. Uh, What is a rainbow coalition? Well, this is when a minority government runs. For example, the Conservative or Labour Party run with a minority, and they they manage to do it by um, making individual deals with different parties on a law-by-law basis. Uh, So instead of forming a formal coalition with one party or two parties, the government would just get support votes from other MPs, from other parties, in return for certain laws. Now, if you don't really understand that, don't worry about it. It's not a problem because it is messy and it's, it's, it's not a very satisfying situation. And it's, it's fragile because, um, it would be exposed to votes of no confidence. For example, if a minority government tries to pass a bill that the other... Uh, the rest of the House doesn't agree. The rest of the House, we could just say, no, we're not confident in this in this government. And that would then um, mean that the government wouldn't be able to proceed. And, and you could end up with a general, another general election being called at that point. Um, but so this is not a very satisfying outcome. Minority government, a sort of fragile, fairly uh, impotent uh, minority government, um, is a not very nice proposition, but it seems to be quite possible. In fact, for the bookies, uh, this is the, I think this is the most likely outcome. Um, and if you have a Labour minority um, in, in with a rainbow coalition, then we're looking at 13 to 8, which is the equivalent of 1.625 to 1. So basically, if you bet £10, you get £16.25 profit. It's not very. It's not worth it. It's not worth it because the 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 money that you'd make would be very small. So the point is that it's the bookies think this is a very likely outcome for the Conservatives to get a minority government. We're looking at four to one, so it's a twenty five percent chance. Um, so there we go. So on balance, the only thing we know is that we don't know what's going to happen. The only thing we know is that we don't know. Okay, but nevertheless, here is my personal prediction. I think this is what's going to happen. The results will come in on Friday morning and nobody will get a majority. Then the negotiations will begin and they'll continue for days and nights. Uh, We might not know what our government will look like until sometime the following week and they will make a decision. They will make a decision, though. They will. It won't be like in Belgium where they had no government for ages and ages. No, we will get a government, but it might be messy, it might be compromised, and it might not make everyone happy. The Tories will probably get more votes than Labour, but they won't be able to form a coalition with anyone because the Liberal Democrats uh, won't get enough votes or they won't want to uh, agree with the Tories, and UKIP won't get enough votes. So... um, most of the Conservatives' options will be lost. They, they, the Conservatives might still have the option of the Ulster Unionist Party, who might be able to give them a couple of seats. But ultimately, uh, I think that the Conservatives won't have enough options to form uh, a satisfying coalition. And so, um, uh, and so that's it. So uh, it's, maybe it's possible that the Conservatives could join both uh, UKIP and Liberal Democrats, and you get a, tr- a three-party coalition of Liberal conservative UKIP but I think that because Nick Clegg says that um, I I just think that that's not likely because ideologically they're too different so I reckon that Cameron will have to resign because he won't be able to make a satisfactory government and at that point Ed Miliband will have a go at forming a coalition and none of his options are particularly easy especially since he's already said that he won't form coalition governments with anyone and he's only saying that because he wants everyone to vote for Labour and that he's presenting that as the only option. So none of the options will be easy but I think he will probably negotiate um, A deal with SNP would be a fairly obvious choice because they'll have enough seats to help him reach uh, 326. Uh, But Ed Miliband has said he definitely wouldn't do it. But I think he'd change his mind if if he had the option to get power. Of course, the SNP would make various demands in return for helping Labour. Those demands would be, for example, to get rid of the nuclear weapons defence system, which is called Trident, and which is based in Scotland. They want to get rid of that. They would want to raise taxes. They, they would want to uh, sp- have the option to spend even more money on public services in Scotland. And they would maybe even demand another independence referendum. So that would be the deal uh, Labour would have to do with the Liberal Democrats. Um, 
uh, sorry, that Labour would have to do with the SNP. Uh, doing a deal with the Liberal Democrats is also not easy, as we've already stated, because of the leadership issue of the Lib Dems. Um, a Labour Party minority government would be weak and could even break down if all the other parties aren't satisfied. And we might end up having another general election. And then, of course, I'll have to do a whole other podcast and a whole other two-hour podcast on the, on the subject. Um, ultimately, what might happen is that we will get... Uh, some possible constitutional chaos and a zombie invasion. Okay, let me explain how. So, here are some outcomes that could result in constitutional chaos in the UK um, and then zombies. All right. So, the, first of all, the Tories join with UKIP and then we get a referendum on Europe and the UK chooses to leave the European Union. But Scotland demands to remain in the EU because they all voted yes in Scotland in the EU referendum. So then the UK leaves the EU and Scotland leaves the UK. So the whole country splits up in the process and end result, zombies. Uh, don't ask me how. Maybe uh, just, uh, I don't know. Oh, no, it's just zombies. All right, so the SNP demand another... Here's another option. The SNP demand another referendum, and they get it this time, uh, and Scotland leaves the UK. The UK splits up. End result, more zombies. Um, another option is that Parliament has no confidence in whatever government is chosen. So, for example, uh, whatever government it is, the rest of the House just votes no confidence uh, in every case. They just... They vote against uh, whatever government is in, is chosen. And then Parliament is closed. The Houses of Parliament are closed while they try and fix the problem by negotiating again. The UK then proceeds with stalemate and no government for years. Uh, because there's no government, general law and order breaks down. The end result, zombies again. Um, here's another option. The SNP dominate UK politics and Conservative MPs demand an English council for English laws. The whole constitutional framework of the UK breaks down in confusion and administrative issues. End result of that? Yes, that's right. Zombies again. So, um, who knows? Maybe we'll end up with some sort of zombie apocalypse. Obviously, I'm just jo just joking about the zombies. Uh, none of you are laughing. Uh, that's fine, because this is serious business, isn't it, this election? Oh, yes, it is. Um, so there you go. I wonder what you think. What do you think? What do you actually think? Are you think you're still thinking, aren't you? You're still, you're still conscious? I hope so. What do you actually think at this point? What do you think is going to happen? What's your opinion from outside the UK or, or indeed inside, if that's where you are? Um, have you got any thoughts or opinions on this? And do you see any similarities here uh, with uh, your country? Are there any things that are similar between the UK and your country here? Um, I think just since we're going long on this episode, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to play you a couple of party political broadcasts right at the end of this episode. I'm not going to do much more talking. I'm going to let a couple of other people uh, give messages. Okay, so let's hear, uh, first of all, a Conservative Party political broadcast. This is basically an advertisement for the Conservative Party, something you might have seen on social media or that was broadcast on television in the UK. So let's hear this advertisement for the, the Conservative Party, first of all. This is a party election broadcast by the Conservative Party. What do I want for my children? I, I want them to be happy and secure, uh, but I also want them not to have any worries and, and not to have anything holding them back. I want him to grow up in a Britain with opportunities where there are doors open to him, so he can get on, get a good job and make the most of his life. I don't want him to have to worry about having to pay his bills each month. I want him to work hard and know that he can support himself and his family. I want him to be happy and healthy.
I want them to get the skills they need to do whatever they want to. I want her to have the best education. I want her to go to a great school with great teachers so that she can go forward in life and have the best start possible. You get what's going on here? On the video, we see images of children running around and it looks all very nice and sun shining and their parents are talking about how they want their kids to have a wonderful future, okay? There's, there's about one more minute of this. What you can't see is that they're promising ver- various things on the screen, like we'll deliver, you know, excellent primary school education for children. It's, it's fairly attention. It's not exactly attention grabbing stuff. You know what? I'm not playing you that. And, and I'm going to play you a couple of others, um, which I mean, I don't have to be balanced on this. I mean, I don't have to play broadcast from all the different parties. I've played you statements from all of the different leaders. Um, but there were a couple of uh, party political broadcasts that I saw on social media that sort of caught my attention. Um, why did they catch my attention? Because they involved uh, just people talking to the camera, trying to persuade me uh, to vote uh, for the party that they cared about. And it wasn't just politicians or members of parties. We heard from actors and and comedians that, that I respect myself. So the first one you're going to hear is Martin Freeman. You know Martin Freeman. He was in The Office um, and then he was in the TV show Sherlock. Um, playing John Watson in the show Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch as well. You know him, Watson, Martin Freeman. And also he plays The Hobbit, uh, Bilbo Baggins, in the movies, uh, in in the Hobbit movies. Um, So let's hear what Martin Freeman has to say um, about the election. Okay. Roll sound, roll camera. Sound Hello. Now, we are in the run-up to a general election, and over that time, you're going to hear loads of claims from people on the left, on the right, all over the place. It's going to drive you mad. It'll probably drive me mad, but don't switch off yet. You see, because I think, in the end, it's simple. It boils down to a choice between a Labour government or a Conservative one. But it isn't just a choice between two different plans, two different ways of getting the deficit down. It's a choice between two completely different sets of values, a choice about what kind of country we want to live in. Now, I don't know about you, but my values are about community, compassion, decency. That's how I was brought up. So, yeah, I could tell you that Tories would take us on a roller coaster of cuts while Labour will make sure the economy works for all of us, not just the privileged few like me. But it's not just about that. I could tell you it seems like the Tories don't believe in the NHS while Labour is passionate about protecting it. Among other examples, guaranteed GP appointments within 48 hours and cancer tests within one week. Guaranteed. But it's not even just about that. I could tell you that the Tories have got sod all to offer the young, whereas Labour will invest in the next generation's education and guarantee, that word again, apprenticeships for them. I could tell you that Labour will put the minimum wage up to £8 and ban those horrible zero-hours contracts, while the Tories would presumably do more of their tax cutting for millionaires. But... Real, though all that stuff is, and important though it is, if you're young in this country, or broke in this country, or if you're unwell in this country, and let's face it, we all need the NHS at some point, or if you are just plain working hard and finding life tough, there is a choice of two paths. The bottom line is what values are we choosing? Because in the end, this choice we make really does matter. Labour. They start from the right place. Community, compassion... Fairness, I think all the best things about this country. I love this country so much, and I love the people in it, and I think you do too. But really, for me, there's only one choice, and I choose Labour. This election is a choice between the Tories' failing plan and Labour's better plan for working families. Britain succeeds when working people succeed. Vote Labour on Thursday, May the 7th. So they, there you hear Martin Freeman laying his cards on the table, uh, uh, asking people to vote Labour. You also heard um, Doctor Who at the end there, or one of the doctors, uh, David Tennant. That was the voice that you heard at the end. 
That was David Tennant's voice. So Martin Freeman urging people to vote Labour, but he's not the only uh, person who has um, kind of uh, done a broadcast for the Labour Party. We also heard Steve Coogan. And um, again, Steve Coogan is someone that uh, I look up to a lot because of the work that he's done. I like his his TV shows, his comedy that he's done in the past. You've heard little bits of Steve Coogan on this podcast before. Let's just hear what he has to say about the Labour Party. Now, I'm not necessarily all about the Labour Party, but I just found these to be engaging broadcasts, okay? And I think that they might engage your interest in the same way that they engage mine, because these are interesting people um, talking directly to you in a fairly sort of sincere way. Let's hear from Steve Coogan then. Hello, my name is Steve Coogan. I'm in an ordinary cafe, having an ordinary cup of tea because I'm an ordinary bloke. Sorry, we couldn't do a skinny soy latte, Steve. It's fine. <laughs> now, I was born in Manchester. I had a great childhood and my parents taught me to respect hard work, honesty and decency. We weren't rich, but we had more than enough to go around And even though there were six of us, my parents decided to foster other children. Because for us, it wasn't just about looking after number one and to hell with everyone else. I've been lucky. I'm successful and quite comfortably off, but I've never forgotten the values they gave me. They taught me that politics matter. Now, a lot of people are very cynical about politics, but it's easy to be cynical. Cynicism doesn't change anything. Cynicism never built a school or a hospital. The great thing about the British people is that they have a sense of fairness. And when we see the Conservatives helping their rich friends avoid paying taxes, we know that's not fair because it means that decent, hard-working people have to pay more. And if we don't think that's fair, we need to change it. And the way to change it is to vote Labour. The Labour Party gave this country the National Health Service. It gave us the minimum wage because Labour believes in helping all the people, not just the privileged few. I trust Labour with the NHS. I know they'll take care of it. And when the Conservatives say they will, I don't trust them. Imagine how we'll feel if we wake up on Friday with another five years of the Tories in Downing Street. More cuts, more privatisation and the dismantling of the NHS. But it doesn't have to be like that. Now, this election's on a knife edge. But if you want a government that believes in working families, in a better future for our kids, that stands up for everyone, then you can have it. But you need to go out and vote for it. So vote Labour this Thursday. This election is a choice between the Tories' failing plan and Labour's better plan for working families. Labour understands that Britain only succeeds when working people succeed. Vote Labour on Thursday, May the 7th. I nearly interrupted Doctor Who there. Did you hear that? Um, So... (laughs) <laughs> you might be feeling persuaded to vote Labour. You're probably thinking, how do I vote? Maybe not. Maybe you're thinking, oh, I don't want to vote Labour. Uh, I, I prefer the uh, ideas of the Conservatives or the Green Party or even UKIP, for example. You might be one of those people who, uh, you know, finds a lot of truth in what they're saying. I wonder what you're thinking. Um, so please do share your thoughts. Go to teacherluke.co.uk uh, and you can uh, add your comments in the comments section. Any comment is good. Uh, Practice your English. Express yourself. Put your thoughts into words. Put your comments on teacherluke.co.uk. You you may not be able to vote in this election, but you can at least express your thoughts and opinions uh, by getting involved in a little conversation on my website. Okay, that has been the end of possibly the longest ever episode of Luke's English Podcast in uh, history to date. and um, I hope that you've survived. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'm talking to a skeleton with headphones on at this point. I don't know. I suggest that you drink some water and eat some food now because you need those things to survive. Um, all right. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. Uh, I'll speak to you again soon. But for now, it's just time for me to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.